Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I made it to the desert on a horse with no name. Psych, I drove here. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. And I am out of town. So I am recording on the old AirPods. So if the sound today is bad, I apologize. And if it's just as good, I apologize to myself for spending all that money on a nice microphone for when I'm home in the studio. If it is just as good on the old AirPods then I have wasted so much. So hopefully it's good enough for you to like it, but not so good that it's better than normal because I don't like feeling stupid. Uh, Yesterday was Labor Day, which is mostly just a Monday off to most people. But to other people, it's about labor unions. And labor unions are an interesting subject in this election cycle because, as I talked about in the Apocalypse Now podcast, two of the main problems with what we commonly call uh, inner city environments or urban minority communities or any of the other uh, kind of euphemisms that we use to sound politically correct. Um, But public sector labor unions are a major cause of the problems for those communities. We often talk about policing and education. And it just so happens that those are the two main public sector unions. Public sector unions are crazy because the state is essentially supporting a middleman 
to argue against the state for the benefit of the worst employees of those unions. Public sector unions essentially protect bad workers. They make it hard to fire bad cops and bad teachers. And that is the root of most of those problems. Bad, uh, good cops and good teachers know who the bad ones are. And the union protects them. And then the unions donate tons of money to the Democratic Party. 90% of union donations go to Democrats. And those Democrats do what the unions ask of them. It is a terrible relationship. So the Democrats set the tax policies and the union laws and the unions then pay them with money that teachers and cops, among others, are forced to give them to be in the union and you can't have your job if you're not in the union. And then those people are paid with taxpayer money because, of course, they are working in the public sector. And then that money is siphoned off into the union and then returned to Democratic politicians to reelect them. Why is anyone surprised that schools and police departments in Democratic cities inside Democratic states have problems? Of course they have problems. They are essentially incentivized to create problems. But that's okay because they're Democrats. And we all know that Democrats care the most about education. And that's why we have to keep voting for them or education might be bad. So happy Labor Day. Another public sector union is the Postal Workers Union. And that union was advertising against Donald Trump when the whole mailbox conspiracy was going on that the Democrats have conveniently forgotten about since then. And that's the same group of people who's meant to be carrying these universal mail-in ballots that they are sending out to 80 million people who have not requested them. In the last election, I think there were 129 million votes cast for president. I think it was like 66 million for Hillary and 63 million for Trump. And so 80 million ballots that are going out, often to people who do not exist or have moved, people that won't be able to receive those ballots. We have the Postal Workers Union advertising against Donald Trump. And we can't talk about that because that is, quote unquote, misleading voter information, according to Twitter now. My Twitter account was suspended about an hour ago for 12 hours. I get put on timeout like children for spreading misleading voter information, voting, misleading information about voting. I want to be accurate with what they said. Okay. And the tweet that got me put in Twitter jail was a response to an article from Vox about why the black vote 
another euphemism, another term I hate because black Americans, like white Americans, like Hispanic Americans, like Asian Americans, like everybody are not a monolith. Though they are treated as a monolith by Democrats and Democratic politicians and media outlets, which is racist. But it's not racist because they're Democrats. Okay. And so I responded to that terribly stupid article in a tweet. And I said, you know, this is about the reason why Democrats capture the black vote. And I said, because Democrats are focused on race baiting and voter fraud. It's certainly not because black Americans reject conservatism. You guys are going to be so unhappy on November 4th. Now, am I trolling them? Yes. Am I making a point? Yes. The point of this sort of trolling, people don't understand these uh, social media back and forths. People are like, well, why are you wasting your time doing that? I don't believe it is a waste of time. I believe that stories like this need a counter narrative right underneath them, which is what I am trying to supply when I do this sort of thing so that they can't have their tribe read this garbage and just accept it as correct and normal because it is, it is not correct or normal. It's ridiculous. They are constantly justifying the worst parts of our politics. And people can claim all they want that Trump does that, that Republicans do that. That's fine. Say whatever you like. I'm not trying to shut down anyone's ability to voice their opinions online. And regardless, what I wrote is specifically not information about voting. So it cannot be misleading information about voting. I expressed an opinion about why the Democrats own the black vote. That's what the content of the tweet is. That's what the context of the tweet is. And it is not supplying voter information or voting information or information about voting. Because information about voting, misleading information about voting, the principle of what Twitter is trying to do here is that they are trying to preserve the sanctity of the vote, or so they claim. There's nothing about the opinion I expressed about Democrats owning the black vote that even remarks on the sanctity of voting and the process of voting. It is simply a political opinion that, by the way, I can support with factual claims. The fact that this is not allowed on Twitter right now is insane. And so, of course, I appealed the thing and I had the option not to appeal. I could have simply deleted my post and gotten my Twitter access back right away. But I would rather appeal because this is bullshit. And they also say that you are in danger of having your account permanently suspended if you tweet more things like this. So that is literally the threat of being silenced on that platform because I posted an opinion that apparently Vox doesn't like because Vox must have reported that unless Twitter's algorithm caught it, which is even crazier.
So this is where we're at. And by the way, I listened to a little bit of the audio just a second ago. I had to pause because I, I flubbed some words. And so I re-recorded over them. And uh, I am happy to report that this does not sound as good as my normal microphone. And if that makes you sad, I'm sorry. I will be right back on this at the same reasonable time and the same reasonable podcast network on Thursday to give you the beautiful richness and fullness of sound that you have come to expect on this reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. So Kamala Harris went to Wisconsin yesterday to Kenosha to visit the latest lionized criminal, Jacob Blake. And Jacob Blake said that he was very proud of Kamala Harris for becoming a vice presidential nominee, I guess. I don't think it was because of her accomplishments because she doesn't really have any in office. Um, but then she said that she was proud of him. Proud of him for what, you might ask? Who knows? Who knows? Proud of him for becoming the latest in a series of lionized criminals, apparently. Let's remember what Jacob Blake did. He came to the house, stole the ex-girlfriend's car keys, proceeded to stick his fingers inside her vagina and smell them and then tell her that it smells like she's been with other men. Now, I'm fairly certain that that's not possible to know and that that is not a very scientific way of testing that fact. But no big deal to Kamala Harris. She is proud of him apparently for getting shot after resisting arrest and fighting with cops with a knife in his hand. And that's where we're at now. So I guess the Me Too movement wasn't really anything. The whole Brett Kavanaugh thing, zero evidence that he has ever done anything like what he was accused of. But Kamala Harris was leading the charge to make sure that Brett Kavanaugh could not be confirmed by the Senate. Kamala Harris also said that she believed Joe Biden's accuser. Not anymore, I guess, because Kamala Harris is a highly principled, powerful woman of color, which today means you can say whatever the hell you want with no recourse. She said she is proud of Jacob Blake. What is anyone supposed to do with that information? These people are totally immoral. Why is she traveling there to see him? I would love to see Trump go there and meet with the woman who Jacob Blake violated. That would be better. 
Joe Biden last week traveled to Kenosha to meet with Jacob Blake's father, a man who has published endless tweets and Facebook posts accusing Jews of everything, making racist comments about white people. If any of this was turned around, it would be a week-long media cycle to destroy Donald Trump. This shit is insane. So Trump did a press conference yesterday where he went after the military-industrial complex. He said that although the soldiers supported him, many Pentagon officials and former Pentagon officials did not support him. In fact, they didn't like him at all because he wasn't starting any new wars. He said, the soldiers, he said, I'm not saying the military's in love with me. The soldiers are. The top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. Most people who are not fans of everlasting war and new wars, new pointless wars, would be happy with this. Most Bernie Sanders fans would be happy with this. Most libertarians would be happy with this. But like many things that Trump does and says, people who are determined to not like him will pretend that he doesn't do and say the things that they would otherwise like. That's always been funny to me, especially recently, that like every single one of Bernie Sanders' priorities has been tackled better by Donald Trump and in different ways, i.e. not socialism. What Donald Trump did with his executive orders regarding the drug companies is more than Bernie Sanders could have ever hoped to accomplish in his wildest, wettest, socialistist dreams. Socialistist. I like it. The most socialist. It's not good English. It's not proper English. But it's more interesting than proper English. So everyone can say socialistist now. I give my full permission. Another thing Donald Trump talked about in the press conference was decoupling from China, which is, in terms of American policy, one of the boldest statements a president has made in my lifetime. I have a hard time thinking of others. Well, I mean, until you get back to Reagan, I guess. That happened in my lifetime, the whole Berlin Wall thing. I guess you got me there. But decoupling from China would be massive. China right now is uh, continuing aggression against India at their shared border. Decoupling from China and moving those businesses to India could be an incredible step for both our country and India and hurt China in a major way, which would be great. And Trump is committed to that. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the old guard, the Democratic Party, the media, the entertainment industry, especially the NBA and Hollywood, are all totally enthralled to China. 
when Trump says that China will own us if Biden is elected, he's not wrong. This is not like a a, a, a vacuous, vacant uh, political propaganda opinion meant to swing voters to him, although it should swing voters to him because there is no reason why we should be wanting to continue this relationship with China as it has been because it has not worked to our advantage. And China did cause the coronavirus and the spread of the coronavirus. That is indisputable. The fact that it was made out to be racist to say that at the beginning of the pandemic is a cause of many of our problems. It makes it impossible to diagnose real political issues that matter. If you refuse to see China for what it is, so many other things cannot make sense. If you realize what China is and what China wants and what Donald Trump is trying to do in response to protect America, the view on Donald Trump as a president and as a presidential candidate has to change. Some of the press conference was particularly entertaining when reporters began asking questions and they're always doing their signaling with their masks on like that they're so responsible and they're muffled and Trump is always chiding them because he can't hear them, which is legitimate. I mean, they sound like, uh, what is it? The teacher on the Muppets or the teacher in, uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah. It's, it's Charlie Brown. Like the wow, 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 wow. Right. If I'm wrong, whatever. Uh, it is so funny to watch the reporters do their signaling in spite of the reality in front of them. And that's what they're always doing. It's so pathetic. It's like demeaning to adulthood. They really think that this is how they're going to get Donald Trump. They're trying to start stories about him making fun of their masks because he's the anti-science guy, right? Even though every day we have new articles and new information coming out about how much of a massive failure lockdowns were. When will people accept it? Who knows? But eventually they will. Just like I fucking said in April. And the next two months we're going to find Democrats running against the success of American people and against the recovery process from this terrible period. Things are consistently getting better, and they are telling us, despite that, that they are worse. And then I just want to touch on this for a second. There was an excellent article on a website called The American Mind, called The Coming Coup, and the article's by Michael Anton. But it describes the scenarios that we are faced with as election day comes and goes. And the left, the Democratic Party, never Trump, all those people, 
are planning out scenarios where Donald Trump refuses to leave office after losing. And they say the only position, the only result that will prevent a civil war, essentially, is a Joe Biden landslide. That's a threat. There is no indication whatsoever that Donald Trump will refuse to leave office if he loses. But it's been pushed by everybody. Bill Maher has been harping on it for years. I used to really like Bill Maher. I still like him somewhat. But that's crazy. I mean, he's just made it up. And this is like so many of the other misleading narratives, like the thing about China, the China virus, that's racist. So now we can't attack China for, and I don't mean militarily attack. I mean, we can't talk about China and their role in all this because now that's racist too. So we have to keep believing that Donald Trump is an authoritarian despite absolutely no evidence of that. It doesn't matter how many times they say Donald Trump is messing with the Constitution when he, in fact, is not messing with the Constitution. They have not made any of those claims stick. And again, in the midst of two of the biggest crises this country has ever faced, Donald Trump has seized zero added control, undue control. He has not messed with the function of government. And the other side does nothing but that. Gavin Newsom still controls California. He is deciding whether or not people can go to work. There is no indication that he is going to let any of us out of this ridiculous prison that we are in. at least not until the election. And that's what it's all about. Because if they lose, guys like Gavin are finished. There are so many lawsuits against him right now. And how is he going to come out victorious on any of these? Unless the Democrats have the power to shut them down. Gavin freely admits that his emergency order, which was issued nearly six months ago, takes the power away from the state legislature and puts it wholly in his hands. All of this is insanity. I genuinely don't understand any of the arguments for voting Democrat right now. All of it stems from and is based only on hatred for Donald Trump. And most of the hatred for Donald Trump is completely misinformed and misplaced. And that's why none of the people who hate him can explain it at all. Oh, you know what? I want to talk about this incredibly stupid social media post that uh, people have been posting the last couple of days. It's really ridiculous. It says, how sad it must be believing that scientists, scholars, historians, economists, and journalists have devoted their entire lives to deceiving you while a reality TV star with decades of fraud and exhaustively documented lying is your only beacon of truth and honesty. Well, how about that framing? No one 
is making the first half of that claim. Are we supposed to believe that there aren't any scientists, scholars, historians, economists, and journalists deceiving us? Because we know that there are. It is indisputably true that there are. If you made it through the coronavirus period without finding people from all those groups lying to you intentionally, putting politics over truth, then you have been deceived. Donald Trump's history as a reality star means nothing. And it's hilarious to me that actors are the ones posting this as if their lofty position of actor is so much higher than reality TV star that they should be taken seriously. As if they somehow have access to information Donald Trump does not have. He has more information than people on social media, including me, by the way. He has more information than the people in the media. He has more information than all these people. He is the president. He gets access to all the information. And it is entirely possible that someone could spend their, li- their life telling lies and now be the most honest person in the conversation. That's entirely possible. It's also entirely possible that people have spent their entire lives devoted to what they believe is truth and might be completely off on that and then willing to bend the actual truth to fit their narrative to hurt a political candidate. That's entirely possible as well. But this post is asking you and demanding that you, to be a good and smart person, will trust those credentials over what might actually be occurring. And this passes for political insight now. All right, I'll be back tomorrow. Same reasonable time, same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. I'm still in the desert. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Go to Substack and subscribe if you want. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. 
If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!